This is Planted, a podcast that encourages us to be rooted and grounded in Jesus Christ and established in the faith. Today, Pastor Matt Grimm discusses the providence of God over his creation and its interaction in circumstances through time. Hey everyone, this is Pastor Matt Grimm. I'm here with Thad Keenel once again. How are you doing, Thad? I'm doing good. Are we uh, ready to go after this? I think so. Yeah, we are back with the Planted Podcast and we are in the midst of figuring out season three <laughs> as we have made a decision to uh, focus this season on uh, Reformed uh, theology, kind of Reformed doctrines. What does it mean for us to be Presbyterian? Uh, you know, we could probably do six years on this subject, um, but we're going to try, you know, to fit it into one season here and still trying to decide exactly where we're going. But uh, last time we kind of ended and I brought up the idea that it's it's really, it once you get into talking about Reformed theology, there's just some overarching governing principles, one of them being the sovereignty of God. And so, uh, but even that itself is is such a big uh, thing to talk about, is in the sovereignty of God, his His kingship overall, his, his lordship overall. And then within that, you know, comes into play a lot of, of other things. And one, another kind of big area word is the word providence. And so related to his sovereignty is providence in that he he is providing for all things. He's upholding and sustaining all of creation um, by his goodness. And I mean, I'm looking over here and I, I actually see this big, thick book on my shelf that I believe you gave me by John Piper that's called Providence. And it's, it's probably like 700 pages or something <laughs> like that. You know, to think we're going to cover that in one podcast is kind of crazy. <laughs> right. But... Right. But we're going to, so we'll see uh, how, how long this takes us, uh, maybe multiple podcasts, but, but we do want to dive into this area of providence as it relates to his sovereignty. God, the king of all, is also the good provider of all that he has made. And so, so I just thought I'd open up uh, with some scripture, as we are the Planted Podcast, we want to meditate on scripture um, day and night, uh, have it be the thing that governs all of our thoughts regarding uh, God and ourselves and our, our Savior Jesus. So I'm just going to read some selections from Psalm 145. I'm going to read verses 9, 13, and 15 to 17 that I think speak to this issue. So uh, it says, The Lord is good to all. He has compassion on all he has made. The Lord is faithful to all his promises and loving toward all he has made. The eyes of all look to you, and you give them their food at their prop at the proper time. You open your hand and satisfy the desires of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and loving toward all he has made. So we see here that the scriptures reveal Yahweh to us, reveal our covenant God, who's who's the maker of everything. So yes, he's the covenant God of Israel. This is the worship book of Israel, the Psalter, right? Talking about how they can give praise to God, the covenant people. But in that, we are seeing that he, it's related to all creation, that he is faithful to all. And the scriptures over and over again talk about how he sustains human life. He sustains everything from the beetle, you know, to the bull, uh, he, he's, he's making sure that all life is sustained because he's good to all. He is the good and providential sovereign king of everything. And so with that is it's, it elicits praise, it elicits a lot of thoughts for us. But when you start thinking of the implications of that in a world that is fallen and broken and there's all this, you know, even just talking about he's provided for all, we also know some that have need and want. There are deserts, you know, as well as oasis, you know. So so sometimes for people that raises questions about God and, and human history and everything else too. So uh, having given that introduction, when you are, when you broach this subject, Thad, and you think about providence what are, are some of your thoughts? 
Well, I kind of go to the root of the English word of providence, and I think of a provider. Yeah. Right? And so God, um, as creator and sustainer of all things, must, by necessity, provide for his creation. Otherwise, it would be like if you were to try to raise chickens, you know, if you, if you, if you have a chicken, but you don't, you don't feed it, or even if you have an egg and you don't yeah. incubate it, right. it's not going to go anywhere. Right. So as creator, it has, he has to sustain his creation. And with um, our thoughts on God's eternal decree, it all has a special purpose. Right. Mm-hmm. And that purpose is going to, of course, be culminated in Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Right. And for a particular reason, which is a redeemed people. Right. And so whenever we're thinking about the history of of God as a sovereign king, what is he king over and how does he rule right. his creation? Right. And so I think again, just going back to that word as as a as the great provider, I mean, and that has to be summed up in so many of his attributes, his love for his creation. Yeah. Right. He has to have love for it. And he and he also has to have a response for his creation's disobedience. Yes. You know, and so all of those things start coming together. And so without making it too broad or too narrow, God oversees every aspect of the universe. Yeah, yeah exactly. And so what the reformers were known to do, and, and, and even like the Westminster divines were known to do, um, is, to, is to kind of talk about that providence in two big, broad categories. Uh, uh, one is the, his ordinary works of providence or his general providence. Sometimes we talk about that as his um, general grace or his ordinary graces, you know, sometimes will be said. Um, but then also his, uh, they will talk about uh, his special works of providence or his, his uh, redemptive grace, right, that is experienced by some. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that those ordinary, that, the special works of providence take place within the arena of his ordinary works of providence. Uh, so God, who is sovereign and in control of all things, and we've talked about this, I think, in a previous episode about God being the first cause of all things, and then we, as second causes, respond out of that. But in his first cause, he is able to um, uh, govern, and, and in his foresight and forethought, and he's able to work all these things out for good. Right, we we often think of the story of Joseph, you know, who's who's um, sold into slavery, and he, but yet God, in His providence, right, in His sovereign, um, good uh, administration of all things, allows him to rise to power for the purpose of being able to save His own people, which become the nation of Israel, which He's working out His 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 a plan for them, and even within that. Um, he allows them to be caught up into slavery after the change of Pharaoh and Joseph's no longer there and everything else, you know. Right. But out of that, he shows his special work of redemption and redeeming that people out of Egypt. Right. You know? So it's it's all things like that. It starts to get into, you know, this this big idea that, uh, that really what I want to come down to is do we – a question we have to ask ourselves and, and even ask others as we share his good news is, do you trust this that God is good? Because the, His providence is showing that He is right. And I think one of the things that helps us um, in the Reformed community when we think about God being able to work things out for a purpose is that we want to understand that He's not reactionary to something. It's not like He. Um, oh, they, I've got Plan B, C, Plan yeah. F, Y, Z, X, X, Y, X, Q. Exactly. You know, kind of thing because I, I'm not sure if Thad's going to do this or that, and if he does this, then I've got this counter plan. If he does this, I've got yeah. right, right from the beginning. Adam and Eve, right? Oh no, they just screwed up. Now <laughs> what am I going to do? Oh well, maybe I'll maybe I'll provide for right. them lambskins. No, um, Joseph, as, as you mentioned right. a little bit ago. You know, that is a great aspect because in Genesis 50, as you mentioned, I just happened to have that verse pulled up when you were mm-hmm. reading it, but it says, um, God is speaking, um, or Joseph is speaking about to his brothers about what their will and or ill intentions right. were for him when they sold them into slavery, right? They were going right. to kill him, and God actually had to restrain their hands, so they right. didn't do that. And so God was working behind the scenes in that aspect as well. But Joseph says to him, but as for you, you meant evil against me. 
But God meant it for good in order to bring it about as it is this day to save many people alive. So God had the host, the whole entire right. scope of uh, rescuing the people from starvation, right? You know, in this aspect as well as Joseph's rise to power and the, and the whole ideology behind all of that with his brothers um, who were acting so wickedly right. the entire time. Yeah. Yeah, and, and in doing so, the scriptures never put it in such a way that, like you said, that God is completely reactionary. Not that we don't, in the narrative, see God reacting to sin. Right. right? But, but in terms of his providential care and his, his, his plan is not reactionary, right? And, but at the same time, it never, humans are never portrayed as robots, Right. Right. And in God holds those things in tension in the narrative that in this whole idea of, to put it in the reformers terms, again, the first causes and second causes, um, they, they're not in competition with each other, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, and, and so I think it's important for us to see that, you know, we want to, let's talk first about this first arena, the big arena of his general works of providence that he is, because we see several places in scripture where Praise is due him, and then, then with that praise is trust. And so, if we think about, um, think, I think about the Sermon on the Mount, um, where um, Jesus is um, talking about God sending the rain on the just and the unjust. Um, he, it says he's talking about in the, it's kind of in the context of even loving your enemies, because he says you should love your neighbor and hate your enemy. That's what the world says, right? He says, but I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you um, so that you may be sons of your Father who's in heaven. So we're to do that to as image bearers of the Father, to reflect God's goodness. We need we love our enemies because he says, why? For he makes the sun rise on the evil and on the good, and he sends rain on the just and the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward is that you have? Um, the, uh, the tax collectors even do that, right? But he's, he's caused to be perfect as our heavenly Father is perfect. So, but the, he does that in the he uses general providence as as a means of saying we live in this arena, um, and this is what God is. God is even God even loves um, wants us to love those um, that because He's providing even for them. Now that, that often I think in sometimes in Christian circles, even in Reform circles, we want to get we want to jump immediately to salvation. Well, um, how, you know. God hates some and loves others and all that kind of stuff. But in, but in the in the area, that's getting into the special providence area. Right, right. But in the general providence area, we can honestly say God loves everyone because he's providing for everyone. He's providing for all his creation. And within that context, you know, God is good and provides for all. Uh, and, and so uh, and that seems to be what Jesus is saying here, right? That's what we read. That's exactly what he's saying. In fact, I used to um, hear that verse and I either thought about it or it was presented a little bit differently that the rain falls on the just and the unjust, thinking that the rain was a negative thing. Like things, good, bad things happen to good people sometimes, but it's actually the opposite. He's a provider of good things right. to both, you know, his and, you know, those who are disobedient. Yeah. So. And if you, have, if you haven't listened to our, our podcast on biblical geography, <laughs> go back and listen to it because this is one of the, it, this comes up here, right? Sure there's, does. There's areas that have rain and don't have rain as much. And when, and there's a good part of the Middle East, a good part of that area where rain is a very important thing there. You know, this isn't Portland um, where Jesus is, is speaking right now. He's not talking to people in Seattle, right? right who They get plenty of rain, right? right? You know, rain is a very valuable thing in, a, in an agricultural society, and especially in, in here where certain times of the year there, there wasn't much, and depending on where you lived, too, you didn't get as much rain as others. And so the rain falling on the just and unjust is definitely a sign of blessing, um, in this context, you, you know, so um, this notion of of God's goodness and His provision, uh, as it is exhibited to all, um, I I can imagine there are some of you are thinking, well, I I can think of some objections to that, uh, you know, uh, I I with this, you know, the one of the issues that comes up for people, and we're not going to have do a whole episode on the problem of evil. But that is one of the things that I think is a response to this. It's one of the things that when it comes to talking about God's sovereignty, his qualities of, of goodness and being able to care and provide for all, 
some people say, well, that hasn't been my experience. With yeah, that. exactly. And and we all could say that and share some of those sentiments as we see bad things happen to so-called good people, right? And so we, we think about that. So before you go into many details, uh, the broad scope of providence, let me summarize it. And I wrote this down earlier. It says that providence is the governing power of God that oversees his creation and works out his plans for it. Right. So the the general providence is this oversight of God over the entirety of his creation. Right. Now we have to understand that includes the things that we don't like, things that we do like, or if we want to put it in terms of righteous things and sinful things, mm-hmm. you know, and just things that might not, they might be innate. Like they don't have righteousness associated with them. Like just, the ground isn't evil. Yeah. For, for you know. For right. Well, it, and I think that, that God in his providence, as it gets, because this will, all this happening in his general works of providence are there to support what he is unveiling in his special works of providence. Right. Um, which we'll get to in a minute. But, but with that is we see as he's upholding the whole earth, and providing life for it and all that. There is, we, we need to remember, and we've talked about this several times on the podcast, that in his goodness and in his foresight and plan, he determined to put humankind as the rulers over all these things, as the ones with dominion. And so he, in those second causes, he... Um, which he can override at times and does, but he can he does hand people over to the consequences of their actions, as Romans one you know talks about. Sure. And so uh, when he gives us dominion, if we don't rule righteously, if we don't rule well, people, creation itself, the animals, the 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 land, the water can suffer the consequences of that. And God, in His providence, has ordained and determined that that actually having us experience the consequences of our sin can be a good thing. Why would that be? Because it should point to a need for something better. Right. Right. The fact that we could all, the fact that every human can somehow identify with the fact the world isn't as it should be is according to God's good providence. Right. So God, although he is... Um, eternal and has this eternal plan and watches over his entirety of his creation. He works with his creation on terms that we can understand. So we live in time, right? And we experience things in time. And so there are oftentimes descriptions of God's attributes that put them in terms of how we would see him. Right, how how he would react to Mm -hmm. something, even though he's behind the scenes, it's still in terms as we pass through time. You know, we're seeing it as one event after another, but in light of that, we can still look back and have confidence that God has his hand on the whole thing. And that's what's the blessing for us to have confidence and assurity that he is who he says he is. Right. And ultimately, we have that confidence because of what he does in Jesus, which again, we're going to get to um, <laughs> in, in a minute when we get to his His, his special works of providence. But, but within that arena of his ordinary works there's we're, we're talking we are talking about as you mentioned all of human history we're talking about um, in in various places and spaces throughout throughout his creation uh, through different tongues tribes nations cultures um, epics of, of of things and within that he is sustaining everything. Now there are sometimes people are going to be hungry, sometimes there's going to be wars, there's going to be all these things which are evidences of a world go gone wrong. But within that to to use the analogy that the, the scripture sometimes you have light and darkness. Some, some does God allow darkness in times in his providence um, for the light to shine brighter at times would be a way to maybe think about it, right? Right. Sure. So we we're we're recording this on September 13th, uh, 2022. And we just a couple days ago had the remembrance of September 11th, right? Uh, and, and so, which was, as we, we would say, 
in a lot of ways is a dark day in, in, in American history, right? Sure. Um, but did anything, we, uh, we would say that's bad stuff, but did anything good come out of that? Uh, do you, I know people who, um, that, that day caused them to, to reconsider whether um, they should turn to God or not. Yeah, there was a, you know, um, right. There was a, um, an immediate reaction for the people to question the bigger things about life. Yeah. Right. And so we see uh, Congress singing on the Capitol steps. We see an influx masses into the churches for the next month. Right. (laughs) Right. Because people are asking the question, why? And uh, uh, even though that day was really no different than any other day, because in in the United States, about seven to 10,000 people die every day. Right. Right. That was just, another day in the overall scope of things, but because it was so dramatic and we see um, actual evil taking place where there's destruction and murder of, yeah. of people, right? Something that God holds very, very dearly, right. of course, is the life of, of people um, that all of a sudden it's like, uh, what do we do and where do we turn? Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it, it was evidence that when it comes right down to the brass text, there's no foxhole atheist. Yeah, yeah, and on that same day, you have the story of the the men on the plane who keep it from crashing into uh, where it was supposed to. So even though one plane does, another plane doesn't. You know, yeah. and in in God's, could we say is that providential? You know, right. what? How do we how do we work? You know, in his in his, um, you know, one plane gets its destination. Well, two get to, and one does, you know, one doesn't, but what's going on with that? Because he's working through these second causes. And, and so I think what it is, is sometimes we want to get into the mind of God and know exactly why in exact circumstance. The interesting thing is, is that Jesus is actually confronted with that question, right? Mm -hmm. We, we all ask him the question, why, why did we have the towers collapse? Yeah. And uh, Jesus is confronted with that very question. And his response is not something that we would expect from, from a loving God, unless you think about it a little bit further, he says, what about those who died when the tower fell in Salome, I believe is, is what mm-hmm. it's called. Were they any worse off? In other words, were they any more evil than anybody else that didn't die in those towers? Right. right? But what does he say to the people? He says, unless you um, repent, you will likewise, likewise perish. Yeah. Ooh. All of a sudden he took it from, uh, an aspect of bad things happening in this life to an eternal matter. Yes. And that's really what it comes down to when we're talking about the providence of God, when we're dealing with, um, when you, when we talk about providence, we will inevitably end up in his sovereignty over, um, and in this, and in an association with, uh, his foreknowledge, which you we were speaking of a little yeah. bit ago, yeah. um, before we started this, pro- um, this podcast, um, predestination, free will of mankind and how these all work together, right? Yeah. Um, good and evil. And uh, as we said from the beginning, as the provider, the solution for our fallenness. Right. Yeah. So then, so then let's get to a special works of providence. So within this arena of his upholding of all things, there is a main um, uh, storyline that it's all leading to and getting to. There is a, um, uh, if you think about the, I'll use this uh, analogy, that all analogies break down at some point, but if you think about the world, the earth, okay, this particular globe as a uh, football arena. And, uh, and the God is the uh, he's the owner of the team and the owner of the stadium, okay? And he's making sure, he's making sure that the team's in place, he, but he's also making sure that there's seats for every every uh, person who's coming to the game. There's drinks provided, there's restrooms, there's ushers who are serving, you know, everything's there available for you to have this experience, but it's all to watch the game on the field, right? That it let's, we'll just use the well, let's not use the lions because <laughs> that would be a bad experience, right? But we'll talk about the char- who, the Chargers won the Super Bowl last year. Okay, yeah. when we talk about the lions, we'll have to interject faith and hope. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so, um, yeah, but you're there to see your team play, right? 
And it's all, but it, so it's all there and it's there. It, it, there's a lot of things that are there for you as the fan. I mean, they, they the, all the new stadiums are being, they're doing it, the fan experience. You've got video boards. They probably got Wi-Fi for you. You can probably, you know, do all this stuff to, to serve you, but it's, but if the, but it's there because of that team that exists. And the owner has chosen a coach and the coach has selected players and, the, and they're there, the team, and he's put them in special positions and they're out there to play in the game. Mm-hmm. And it's all for that purpose, that they're in the general works of the providence of the owner of the stadium. He has this special work of the team that he's probably most concerned about. Not that he's not concerned about his 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 um, patrons who are coming, you know, to the, to the stadium, but he's, but he's primarily trying to build a team that's going to win the game. Right. Um, and in that sense, if we look at God's general works of providence of sustaining, upholding the whole world, he's doing it for the purpose of his, of his, he must have a relationship with a people that are his own. And he, he's, he's provided a way to have that people. And that ultimately is uh, through, through Jesus, because his ultimate goal is to lift up, and, and proclaim the glory of his son. It's all about right? a declaration, right? The the people that he's that he's called, and we'll, we'll start with Israel in the Old Testament, right? right? This particular people, yeah. um, they are called to be the light into this world, right? Yeah. To share the glory of God to the nations that are around them, yeah. right? Because of God's um, general love for yeah. the entirety of his creation. So again, yeah, that's the, yeah. there's a special people in that... Uh, it's bridged in Jesus Christ right. as that message comes to the church, which is basically Israel, right? right? In, a, in a new form of all the nations from... The fulfillment people, of the, Israel. Right, the fulfillment right. of Israel from people from every tongue, tribe, and nation. Yeah, yeah the, who are fulfilling God's original call on Abraham and his descendants to be a blessing to all nations. And so the church goes into all the nations because we know the hope, we know the salvation that is available in Jesus Christ. We know that he has conquered all the problems that we talk about, all these, the problem of evil, he's conquered it because he, because all evil ultimately leads to death, right? And he overcame death. So he overcame evil and in the sin that each individual person is responsible to before God, that rebellion, he's provided a way, he's overcome sin, evil, and death, which we know is proven through his resurrection. He's ascended to the right hand of God. So he is now the, he is sovereign with God at his right hand ruling. Um, And so all of that is available. So anybody who comes and accuses God of being bad, accuses God of not caring for things Mm -hmm. and gives some evidence, he says, no, the evidence I have is that I've overcome that in Jesus. So my invitation for you is you can either stay up in the stands and wait for the rain to come, right? Or I have an invitation. You can actually be a part of the team on the field. Right. Yeah. When when God has this creation, he doesn't right. just say, figure it out for yourselves. He sets up boundaries yeah. for his creation, right? And one of those things, well, of course, in the garden was, you can do this, don't eat right. that. Um, but then later on, he, form, he formalizes it in his law. Yeah. Right, and we find out what about his law—that the law of the Lord is perfect. Right, and what does that do? Well, that leads to a regeneration of the soul, yeah. right? Because where where you know that you're going to fall short, you're going to need a redeemer, right? So right. all of this is working out um, according to the boundaries that he sets right. that he sets up for us, and then because um, God is righteous, we have a huge dilemma, right? You know, and so what's the solution for that? Well. If God is righteous and I'm not, I'm condemned. Yeah. Right. So there's, there, does God provide a solution for that? And what do we find out? Of course He does. That's yeah. what the entirety of the yeah. the message is about, right? Yeah. And so if, if I can keep pushing my analogy, whether it works. Oh, or not, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. I, no, that's fine. No, it's fine. It's going to break down at some point. But but we'll just let's let's look at Jesus as kind of as the head coach, right? We but He's the head of the body, right? And again, we're not talking about the lions. Yeah. <laughs> he's the head of the body. So. The, the invitation is, and, and usually the head coach chooses the people on the field, right? He chooses who's going to make the team, right? He, he institutes the plays, all that kind of stuff. So we keep with that analogy, right, is, is there's an invitation out there to you. Um, do you want to be on the team? Do you want to be part of that special work? And if you do, you have to pledge allegiance to the coach. Mm. You have to trust that this, that this head, the head of this team, is the one who is, is going to, He's going to give you victory, right? 
and you and, and in pledging allegiance to him, you're going to do what he says, right? Mm-hmm. It's a free offer of grace. It's, right. it's, it's the, the one who's been selected to run the team is Jesus. It's by his grace. It's, it's by his accomplishment. It's by his work. He's done everything that the owner, the father, you know, or, or God himself uh, in three persons who brought us the Messiah through the second person of the Trinity, um, who draws people by the third person of the Trinity of the Spirit. But, but all that to say, if we keep, if I can push the analogy, he's the, co- he's the one who has been deemed worthy. And, he, and he's saying, all you have to do is identify with me. Put your trust in me. Pledge your allegiance to me and follow me and do what I say. If I say run this play, run this play. If I if I want you to to um, be on the practice squad um, and help hold the ball for the kicker, that's your role. But trust in me and you'll be. I might let you be the wide receiver who catches the pass. I don't know. But the point is, you're trusting in me, right? Um, and so because I'm going to be the one who who has the game plan that provides the victory, and I've actually shown it you know, um, and demonstrated it. And so if you have a problem with the owner because you don't like the seat that you're in or you, or whatever, um, he's, he's saying, I've got, I've got an offer for you. Um, it's trust in me, join my team and I will, you'll see that I've taken care of this problem of evil basically. (laughs) Right. But you don't have that special work without the ordinary work. The special work of providence is contained within the ordinary work of providence. So God is upholding and sustaining all things. And with that, I would say by his, in, in his wisdom, he allows those bad things to happen so that we would all see we need that Savior. Right. It's for the purpose of pointing us to the one who is providing the ultimate thing we need. Because what the rain falls on the just and the unjust, but all of them are going to die at some point. We're all going to face, face our maker. And, and the question is, do you want to be resurrected? Mm. The, you know, do you want eternal life? Um, do you want to live in the new creation where you'll get to see the fullness of that goodness all the time? Right, yeah. And one of the things that we will find, um, and we've talked about this, uh, of course, in our other um, podcast, is that uh, our our wants and our desires are are filled with the corruption of the fall, mm-hmm. right? And we, not only is God a provider and do we need him as a provider, but we also need him as a restrainer, mm. right? He has to restrain us from evil. And in fact, the, this one from Psalm 19 um, says this about us, and this is um, perhaps David speaking, but he says, who can understand his errors, Right? Cleanse me from secret faults. Keep back your servant also from presumptuous sin. Let them have no dominion over me. Then I shall be blameless and shall be innocent of great transgression. So uh, David here recognizes that, you know, in our fallen states that, I mean, how often have I ever said something that I'm like, why did I just say something so ridiculous and bad to my wife, for example, mm. right? You know, I'm, I'm an idiot sometimes. You know, what is that? I You know, I, I can't even stop my tongue from from speaking out sometimes and some of that self-discipline, but the rest of it's just the, the shadows of the fall, you know, right. still creeping in our, in our flesh, which is uh, waiting for its final redemption. But because our heart has been changed, we recognize that God is the one that graciously provides this ability um, to us. So God is able to keep back from exorbitant evil. If we look at even like an Adolf Hitler, for example, we could say, Hitler was was pretty bad. He was about as bad as it could be, right? But could he have been worse? <laughs> right? Could could he have taken over the entire world? Yeah. yeah, he could have, right? And for whatever amount of damage that he caused and murder of of innocent people, uh, God restrained that from going beyond the point that he wanted it to for a particular purpose. And we don't know what that is, right? And that's where we have to let God be God, yeah. right? And recognize that perhaps even. Uh, and again, this is making an assumption, but perhaps in all those struggles uh, for the people that were in war or on their their death roll certificate, so to speak, right. if they're going to die, are turning their eyes to God, of which they would not have done by any other means. You know. Yeah, and so I think again, so it, it 
it begs that question, do we trust in God's goodness? And I think sometimes our desire to, to know all that is actually stems from that some the desire for each of us to play God in some way, right? Because we want to have all those answers. And we got to see, no, my satisfaction needs to be in Jesus. Right. He's the answer I seek. And 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 understanding the the why fours and wherefores of all the particulars of human history and because those diseases, I gotta tr- I gotta I got to let God be God and trust that he's good, and, and, and I can do that because of what he accomplished in Jesus. If, if, if there was no cross and resurrection, I'd be angry at God. I would. I'd be mad. Right. Um, but because I know the, of his grace in Jesus, now, do, would I have a complete right to be? Would I be justified? No, because I, uh, I, I, I'm a contributor to this mess. If I'm honest with myself, you know, some of the bad that's in the world is because of me, too. Um, and maybe, and hopefully, it's just a small little ripple compared mm. to like a Hitler had a very big ripple, <laughs> yeah. right? But 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 I have to I have to realize I'm a co-conspirator and contributor to the to the problem of evil. Um, but I have a but I have a I have a refuge. I have a rock of salvation that I can turn to, who's redeeming me. Um, but but in so 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 I would be angry. At God for the world the way it is, but 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 I've also seen that I'm a contributor to that. But the point is, is um, I don't hold. I have no right because I've seen Jesus. I have no right to hold on to that anger. Yeah. Right. Um, and right. because of I see Jesus, I actually um, rest in the grace of God and throw myself at His mercy because He is good. And he has provided a way. Right. And that's why it's important for us to hold uh, distinctions when we're dealing with God's special love that he bestows upon his people with his grace and mercy. Right. Right. And the rest of creation, um, because uh, toward us, he says that, you know, that there's no, that all things that happen to us um, for those who love God, for those who are the called according to his purposes. Yeah. Yeah. The, these things will work out for right. good, right. right? So that means that anything that's bad that happens in the, in the believer's life, all things that happen are working out for a particular purpose to God's glory, of course, yeah. right? But what does that mean for those who don't believe or, or, or who, who don't believe finally who are condemned? Right. That means just the opposite. If all things are working for good for those who believe, then all things are working for bad for those who don't. Why? Because... They're in their corruptness. They are God haters. They're enemies. They're enemies with God. And so there is the separation that we right. always want to keep in mind when we're looking at the goodness of God. And He's still good, right? It's just that one He's exercising mercy, and the other one He's exercising His justice. Yeah, and that's still good. In in in, in it is still showing the goodness of God. Right? Is it? It's bad for the people. Yes, because they're going to spare the consequences of. Of what they deserve, right? But in that, sometimes people can have trouble with God's wrath or His anger, but it's justified and it's actually a good thing. And and I, I can't remember if I've used this before here, but I'm going to tell it again. <laughs> is um, if I were to walk up to one of Thad's kids and just punch him in the nose. And Thad didn't get angry about it. What would that communicate to Thad's kids? Is Thad a good and righteous dad if he doesn't get angry at me for punching his kid in the nose? Mm-hmm. No. He should be angry. Uh, he should want justice for that. Uh, because if he doesn't pursue that, then his kid's not going to feel loved, and, and so, um, so now how? But but then how he exerts that justice, how he how he then dispels it upon the person who did that, also says something about who he is, right? And so what God is doing is he's offering his own son, he's offering Jesus as a payment for that punch in the nose. Mm. He's offering mercy in the midst of Jesus. And for all who don't want it, they're going to experience the they're going to experience the justice of God. Right? 
but he's willingly pouring out his own justice on his own son so that some would not have to have to experience the consequences of that. Now, what does that say about the goodness of God? That's where, again, those or, that special work of providence is, is, is a demonstration of his grace in the midst of that justice, mm-hmm. right? And so, um, but yet he, he, if he didn't demonstrate his justice, it would reflect poorly upon him to not carry out what's right. You know, and so, so again, that is part of providence. He is providing the right and just means for that which is deserved, right? And so, when looking at his judgment in that sense, the judgment itself is part of his providence too, which all then relates back to the bigger part of his sovereignty, because no one, no other being in the universe has the right to do what he has to do, <laughs> right? <laughs> right. But yeah. um, that special work of providence, he has provided a way of mercy. He's provided a way of grace. Um, and and the, all of history and, points and, to Jesus. And he's that. shown it. So people um, are like, well, this, this doesn't sound fair, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, he's declared it to, to all through his general creation, general yeah. revelation, right? Yeah. And, and some, well, the, the general and special is going to come up a lot. Yeah, and, we, and we it, talked about it before and it relates to Revelation in season one. Right. You know, and it comes up again in, in Providence here. So, right. yeah. So, but for, for us as the believers in God's providence for us, um, you know, when you look at the beginning of Ephesians here, it talks about, um, and it's starting with verse seven, in him, that is in Christ, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace, which he made abound towards us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself. Okay, and then you, I'll stop there because it goes on and on. But I mean, there's so many things that are talking about his his providence there. One is the redemption of his blood. That was something that he provided for us, right? Yes. And so the forgiveness of sins, according to what? The riches of his grace, another provision. Um, uh, all wisdom and prudence. Again, uh, right. uh, all these attributes of God that are being manifest and being lavished upon us, having made known to us the mystery of his will. Oh, he's provided for us yeah. some of these deep, you know, eternal questions that we have um, that without him telling us, right. you know, we're just left in the dark, but yet he makes it manifest to us. So, right. so this is what the great provider um, has done for us and all of his electing and uh, sovereign power for particular people. And what's it all about? According to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself. Yeah. Right. So, wow. I mean, when you're thinking about being provided for, there's not much better expression right. for it than what we just read. Right. And that's what's so, for me, um, so cool about, as we talked about these in the Reformed context, Reformed doctrines of grace, you know, that we start with the sovereignty of God, but and we get into providence, and ultimately we just can't help but talk about grace. I mean, it all leads to grace. And so if, if, if you ever want to accuse a Calvinist or a Reformed person, covenant theologian, about, you know, being a, a frozen chosen or impassionate or something, you probably haven't listened very well or very long because we're starting to get passionate here about this because this provision of grace is so wonderful. Mm-hmm. It elicits worship. It elicits um, evangelism. It elicits proclamation of the good news because God has provided a way, a generous and great God who has done this, who's foreordained this, who's who, who predestined before the beginning foundation of the word. He knew he was going to send his son Jesus because it was needed, because he's a good God who wants to show his grace. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's the plan and execution of redemption. Yes. Yes. And so it's just, it's so cool. It makes me think about Hebrews chapter one as well. Oh yeah. Uh, Because we talked about this as it relates to his special revelation, his general revelation, his special revelation. It relates again here to his providence where it says long ago, at many times in many ways, God spoke to our fathers. That's the revelation part. um, By the prophets. But in these last days, he's spoken to us by his son. Again, the revelation part whom he's appointed the heir of all things, through whom he also created the world. Now we're getting into his providence. Mm-hmm. He says, he is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature, and he upholds the universe, his general providence, by the word of his power. 
after making purification for sins, his special providence, <laughs> he sits down at the right hand of the Father of Majesty on high, his sovereignty, <laughs> right? Um, having become as much spirit of the angels as his name inherited is more excellence than theirs. So we see wrapped up in this the special and general, the general and special revelation, the general works of providence or ordinary works and his special works of mm. providence. And it's all wrapped up in his sovereignty as he sits down at the right hand of the majesty. Wow. High. Yeah. 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 It just, uh, it just makes you want to get out of your seat and give yeah. a... Give a leg kick. Right. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. And so this is God uh, working out um, a particular purpose in time. And that's exactly what defines providence, right? Yeah. The providence, the provision. What he what he is working out from the, the creation to begin all the way to the end of time is a a plan that's being worked out uh, by his yeah. glory, through, you know, through his power and... Yeah. Um, for an ultimate purpose. And so with that, it really makes uh, the understanding of that, or if we want to talk about uh, the uh, a reformed belief system or a Calvinistic look at things, not one of, uh, of pride or arrogance, but actually one of the most humbling gospels. Yes. You know, it's because yes, it is. it's in full reliance upon God. It's full reliance upon God. So, it, it, yes, there should be no pride. There should actually be humility. And there should be no passivity. There sh it should actually inspire activity among God's people because he's sovereign. He's in control. He's providing for all things. And so why shouldn't we tell people this good news? Right? Um, because... Because God's working all things out, and so um, so it's not on on Fat or Matt to oh to make sure I I, I, I have to say everything just right or I have to do that you know I I got I got to just tiptoe around my friend or my neighbor or right. whatever right but no we can with winsomeness and humility um, because we should love our neighbor as ourselves be willing to tell them the good news of God's plan that he has for them, that he's worked out in Jesus Christ, hopefully in the right way, you understand? And we let the chips fall over the I didn't day. read the last verse of what I had there because I stopped short, but you just quoted it twice, basically, in, <laughs> in Ephesians 1.11. I'm going to stop. I'm going to start kind of ask after, like right. mid-sentence mid here, and then I'm going to go back for okay. a reason. But uh, this is what you just said. According to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. Yeah. Right. And we can all say to that, amen. Yeah. But now let me add the front end of that and see how many <laughs> of us get a little bit irritated at this. Okay. In him also, we have obtained an inheritance being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. Um, sometimes when we see predestined, we think, um, of unfairness, we think of a great puppet show, and yeah. that's not what that is about at all, right? This is just talking about a God who has to, if he is indeed sovereign, has to have an eternal plan for all things yes. and the eternal decree to the son of a particular <laughs> people that was the love offering that Christ had to pay for. Yeah, and so what, what God is doing in his provision is he's guaranteeing his victory. Right. Right. If he leaves it up to man, if he leaves it in man's hands, if his plan is to leave it up to Thad and Matt, it's going to fail. Right. Read your Old Testament. Yeah. I mean, that is just shown over and over again. And his, he chose a people. He brought a plan. And what did they do? They failed. They failed. They failed right. over and over again. Yeah, God does not just provide an opportunity. Right. Right. And because every time, exactly. If you leave a, it in the hands of men, it's going to fail. But what does he ultimately do? He says, I'm going to become a man. Right. I'm going to be Israel. Um, my son, Israel, the people, I'm going to give them a, the, the true son. He's going to become the true Israel, and I'm going to make a people, which includes ethnic Israel, but it's also going to include all the nations to fulfill what Israel was supposed to do, mm. right? Um, so he's going to do, and that's his provision. He, he says, I am going to do, so that, that grace that is sufficient for all is the goodness of God. And so we encourage you and plead you, we, those of you who know Jesus, um, share him with others. Share the good provision of God with others. Uh, be kind to your neighbor. Mm -hmm. Love him as yourself. And when they ask you why you're doing it, say, well, I serve a king who's a loving king yeah. and a gracious God who wants, mm -hmm. to give, right. who wants to give good gifts to his people. Would you like to be one of them? Um, you know, that is the warm 
loving life of the of people who know the grace of God. Um, that's what Calvinists should be. Mm. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's right. That's and 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 here I am feeling convicted myself that I need to be that more. Right. Well, that's the heart of right. this church. And that's why we, right. you know, we have three letters that come after our type of church. It's called EPC. Yeah. Well, the very first word there is evangelical, evangelical. right? I mean, that's because we're spreading the good news, the gospel. Yes, that's um, right. And we want to share that because that's, um, although God has his hand over everything, like we've talked about this, um, he doesn't only ordain the ends of, of salvation, but he ordains the means, right? Yes. And what is the means? It's through the proclamation of the gospel. And right. so if we don't plug into that, you know, then how can we really say that we're being obedient as his yeah. children? Right. right. So so with that, as our time is coming to a close, where do you think we, we had um, in the episodes ahead? I mean, obviously, we're going to have to be talking about some of the doctrines of grace. I mean, we're kind of going that yeah. way now. Yeah, yeah. No, I think we do. I, I, I think it would be good. Let's step into the uncomfortable territory of predestination and election. We already brought it up here. So let's dive into that more and let's look at that. Uh, because I think in doing so, what we actually are hopefully going to do is is have a more ability to clearly explain just what the good news is, the gospel is, because it's God's plan. It's his predestined, his, his, his predetermined plan. So let's lay that out a little bit more clearly. Um, and uh, and see where that leads us. Right. So your homework for this week is Ephesians chapter one and <laughs> Romans chapter eight. There you go. All right. Uh, look forward to having you back and uh, tell others about us. We want more to hear about our plane of podcasts. And and if you are here in Brighton and you're at Cornerstone, start coming out. Our Wednesday nights are starting back up again. And um, uh, so uh, yeah, get, get involved in the life and activity of the church because uh, you know. You don't have a ticket to sit in the stands. If you know Jesus, you're on you're you're on the field. Yeah, so gonna, get in the game. You're gonna get thrown a glove and enter the field. Well, was it baseball or football? Well, we were football, but you know that's all right. We we worked for baseball too. You know. Yeah. There we go. All right. All right. Have a good day, everybody. Yeah. sure to join us next time as we tackle the giant topics of election and predestination. Planet is a Cornerstone EPC production, connecting to God, one another, and the world through the love of Jesus. More information can be found at cornerstonebrighton.com.